Okay, I'm going to try something a little different. I haven't practiced it. I just came up with it. So uh, let's see how it turns out. A different approach to the intro. Here we go. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah, why the hell not? Hopefully I won't blast the mic. Okay, here we go. Uh, sort of uh, what would that be kind of like a pop punk version of the theme song looking at the levels here I blasted the mic a little bit but that's okay so yeah it was a bit of a pop punk version of the theme again I, I have no idea how it turned out so we'll see uh, we'll see Welcome to episode 49 of That Thing with James J. Asher II. I'm your host, James J. Asher II. That's me. I don't know what I am going to talk about today. I haven't the slightest clue. Not, not in the least. I tried to think of subjects, but I just couldn't really think of anything. So I guess I'm just going to ramble. Ramble an episode. Um, what, have, what have I got to ramble about? Well, the question is like, what have I not got to ramble about? And then the second, possibly just as important question is, what should I ramble about? You see, um, it's been a busy year so far. 2020 has not been the easiest time for me, and I'm hoping that that is just a hangover from 2019 because 2019 was a real, real test of my metal, not my M-E-T-A-L, not my M-E-T-A-L. 
D D E L or L E, you know, like those meddling kids and that stupid dog. Um, metal, like M E T T L E, a test of my metal. And, you know, I'm just waiting for the warmth of some break. I just need a fucking break, you know, a crackling fire to post up next to wearing a robe, just sit back and warm my cockles. That's, that's a thing I learned recently to warm one's cockles, or that is like a shorter version of the cockles of one's heart. Now I just a few hours ago looked up the definition of what the fuck cockles are. Um, I was surprised, but not surprised. It was about what I thought it would be, but what I thought it would be does not quite mm, gel with what it sounds like. Cockles, cockles, like, you know, you do cockle, cockle. Are you threatening me? <laughs> do you have TP for me? Cockle, cockle. <laughs> Urethra. <laughs> fire, fire. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this episode is coming out late and I apologize for any, um, any of you few fans of this show who want this show to come out like it usually does consistently on Sunday. I wanted it to come out on Sunday too, but the thing is I was ill uh, about Tuesday of last week. It's Tuesday in the, the week after I got sick. It's, it's the Tuesday after the Sunday upon which I usually upload my episode 49, which is this current episode. I usually upload it a few days prior to now when I'm recording this, and then I'm uploading it tomorrow. So by the time you see this, um, time doesn't matter. So there you go. That's cool. Uh yeah, I got sick last Tuesday, a week ago. It was like a allergy thing. I th- might have been like coronavirus or something. I don't know. That's a current event, isn't it? Coronavirus. I've n- I don't know what I got, but it started out was like a cedar fever and I I ended up getting a fever. I had a fever for like four, maybe five days. And it was not fun at all. And my throat was so torn up. I had like so much pressure in my sinuses. I had like sinus headaches. Um, and that's what made me think like, this is allergy related. This is, uh, probably cedar fever because it's allergies. Plus I'm getting a fever from it and I've gotten cedar fever before, but this one was just, it was a weird sickness, whatever it fucking was. Uh, it's gone now though. I'm just like recovering my energy and my throat is healing up because I had so much drainage. I could barely speak. It hurt to swallow and everything. And, um, it even got the drainage got so bad that by the second day of sickness, I was nauseous for like the rest of the time because I just had so much mucus running down my, my, the back of my throat, down my esophagus into my stomach, just full of mucus. And I was like, is this the flu? This isn't the flu. Like I don't have the shits or anything. This isn't like a normal nausea. This is definitely uh, drainage associated nausea. 
Um, and so by Friday, I was feeling so yucky that I actually puked. And I hate puking. It's one of my least favorite things. Um, it's up there with getting recircumcised. 10 out of 10 would not, 10 out of 10 dislike of the, uh, the scale on, on getting recircumcised and having to puke. I don't like either having to do either of those things. Yeah. So, um, but I, I feel a bit, I feel a bit better now. Yeah. The fever has gone. Fever broke, um, yesterday morning was the first time I woke up without a fever. And I, I had the most bizarre dream before waking up. I had dreamt that I was in my childhood room. Well, not really childhood room, but like adolescent and teenage room back in Oklahoma. And I had like my closet open. I was on my bed. The overhead light fan light was on. And uh, there was a snake on the floor, a real live snake. And, um, I, 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 I have a phobia of snakes. I am inexplicably mortified by snakes. Um, but for some reason I wasn't quite as, I wasn't quite as scared of this one as I am of every other snake in my waking life. Um, but there was this snake and I had like the closet open and there was like clutter on the floor and the snake wasn't trying to bother anybody. He just wanted to slither around, but he didn't want anything getting in his way, like obstructing his path of slithering. And yet the, uh, the clutter in my closet that was kind of spilling out. I mean, it wasn't like it was a wall of clutter. It was just some clutter, you know, on the floor and just kind of came out of, uh, you know, into the main floor of my bedroom a little bit. And it got in the snake's way and it kept going like it would go on this path and it would go to the closet like it wanted to loop through as if the, you know, if the floor were clear, but the floor was not clear. So it would have to stop and have to like turn, like do a U-turn and get around and it's, and it would get all pissed off because it had to stop because there was clutter in the way. And, uh, and so it would get all pissed off about the U-turn. And, uh, and by the way, there was also a cat, uh, in the room with me. The cat was mine. I, I've, you know, it's, I, I don't own a cat. I've never owned a cat, but in this dream, the cat was mine and the cat was on the floor too. And when the snake got all aggro, it would try to fight with the cat and the cat would fight the snake. And then upon having to fight the snake for a few seconds, the cat would get aggro and fight me. It would jump up onto my shoulder and just claw the shit out of my back. Well, and, and then it would jump off and land back down. And then this whole thing would repeat itself all over again. The snake would try to make a path through the closet. It would have to stop because of the clutter. It would have to do a U-turn. It would get aggravated. It would attack the cat. The cat would fight off the snake, then get aggravated and attack me, the cat would, and jump on my shoulder and claw the shit out of my back some more. This happened three or four times until finally I saw like in a mirror or something, I looked at my back and it was completely covered, just like a, a cheese shredder 
like someone took a wide cheese shredder, but instead of like a, you know, metallic thing with a shredder, it's just like a fucking cat paws with the claws out razor sharp, just all covering my back and just blood everywhere, blood running all over the place. Um, and then I woke up, you know, upon seeing all of the plethora, the copious um, amount of scrapes, gashes, razor sharp claw slashes in the flesh of my my bloody back. And I saw that and then I woke up and my body felt very moist and it was still pitch black in the room. My body felt very damp. And I was like, is that blood? Is this, did that just happen? Because it was a very realistic dream. So I reached back and I felt under my shirt. I felt my back. No, the skin's all fine. There were no scratches. And I was like, why am I so wet? I felt around the leg and crotch area to see like, did I pee the bed? No, I didn't pee the bed. I was just sweating a lot. And I guess that's when my fever finally broke because that's when, you know, I got up, I got some water, I took a leak and, um, and then as I was peeing, I, I realized I don't have a fever right now. Like my body temperature is stable. It's not jumping all over the place. Um, and so the fever thing hasn't come back since then. Just some scratchy throatness and uh, low energy. Still trying to build up that energy and get the throat built back up. But I'm feeling quite a bit better now um, as far as like physical ailments go. Now, my mood today, I, I've been in a very shitty mood most of the day. Uh, and I'll tell you about it after this quick break. I need some water after talking about sweating that much. Be right back. And I'm back. I'm going to get back into my rant. But first, I want to share something that I'm pretty excited about. I've been trying to figure this bit out on the on the guitar for months. And it's really easy. But I have and I have no idea why it took me this long to figure it out. But I finally figured out I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm fairly certain I figured out the main melody for The Becoming by Nine Inch Nails. It's my favorite song by Nine Inch Nails. So let's see how this sounds. <clears throat> oh, kicking the mic. Kicking it. Hot mic. All right, here we go. The Becoming by Nine Inch Nails. Ah, <laughs> already fucked up. It's a part of me 
that you know he had some second thoughts. He's covered in scabs, he is broken and sore. The me that you know he doesn't come around much. That part of me isn't here anymore. I'm sure I mix up the lyrics, but that's it. <clears throat> and I'm sure I was out of tune, but, you know, it's okay. I'm still getting my voice back, right? Wink. Uh, and then there's this part, which is, uh, it's so lovely after the intensity of that song, the driving, uh, it's, the title of the album is perfect. I mean, it is the perfect album, except for Big Man with a Gun. Um the downward spiral, the downward spiral. And I feel like the becoming is, I, I mean, that that song perfectly embodies the concept of that whole album. But then there's there's also this part of the same song. Let's see if I get it right. Yeah, here we go. I just made up that last part. That's not part of the, the becoming. <clears throat> New developments. Okay, so let's back up a month. A month prior from where we are now. A month ago, a big thing, big change happened in my life. And I kind of alluded to it in maybe two episodes ago. Um, but I didn't really want to go into too much detail about it because I didn't want to, uh, complicate like my personal life or the life of the party associated with this news. However, since then I, I recently had a discussion with the other party involved in this, um, big life change, uh, that happened a month ago. And, um, well, I talked with the person and they said that it was okay 
for me to talk about this on the podcast, but uh, to not go into great detail, but it was okay to, you know, kind of bring it up in general terms. And so I'm going to do just that. And I I wasn't, uh, I had no intention of going into anything other than general terms anyway. So, um, the news is one month ago, Emily and I switched body soap. Uh, we, we generally get Dr. Bronner's, um, and we have been using the, the rose, uh, scented Dr. Bronner's magic Castile soap. Uh, but now we have been using, um, lavender, lavender. I mean, they're both very soothing smells, um, and both have different benefits. Yeah. I I feel like the rose is a little better for this, for my skin a little bit, but the lavender has been doing a pretty good job for like relaxing things. And not to say that the rose is not relaxing. It's just, um, and they're just, they're just different. They're neither better nor worse than the other. Um, it's just the, uh, the sense and the way they react with the skin. It's just slightly, it's just different. It's their own different things. Um, I'm also single now, um, but still living <laughs> in this apartment and it's okay. It's all good. It's all gravy. Everything's Gucci baby. Uh, but yeah, for the past month, I've been single and that's the news. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Everything's good. Everything's cool. Everyone is friends. Um, but since I'm single now, I decided to get onto some dating apps and I've not been on any, I got on like, okay, Cupid once when I first moved to Austin in, 20. Well, I moved here in 2012, but I got on it in 20 early 2013. And, um, you know, that I met someone and that kind of turned into a fucking mess (laughs) through that, like a, a months, months long mess. Um, and so this time I, I got on Tinder because I've never been on Tinder before. And it's been an interesting experiment. Um, I did not intend on getting any kind of results out of it. Um, and I didn't intend on putting any kind of like real energy or effort into it either. Um, I'm mostly focused on just getting my own personal affairs in order and get my life rolling, um, which would be a lot easier if life were not an abusive partner. I feel like my life, my life is an, is an abusive partner. Okay. So there's this line that Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise says in Star Trek, The Next Generation. And I'm going off the top of my head here, but he says something like, um, you can do everything right. You can commit no mistakes yet still lose. That is not a weakness. That is life. 
powerful shit, right? Well, that's been my life um, for most of my life. Uh, but it's been just very punctuated uh, over the past fucking several months. Um, and I just, I, I just want a fucking break already. Cut me some fucking slack life. Life is a, a sudden it's an abusive partner. It's like, um, so here's how abusive spouses work or abusive anybody works is that they abuse you and abuse you and abuse you. And then just when you're probably almost at your breaking point, they do something very nice, a nice gesture, a gift, say something nice, briefly act sweet. And you start to think, Oh, this is maybe things have changed. Maybe, maybe, uh, my, my spouse, my partner has changed. Maybe life has changed. And, and that small gesture, because you've been beaten down so much, so regularly for so long, any small gesture of kindness seems fucking huge to you, the abused. And then you think things are good and then things go south again. And I'm not talking about going down on someone. I'm talking about things not going that well again. And life just being abusive again. That's kind of how it's been. And I feel like I want to uh, divorce life. I want to break up with life. Because um, I'm tired of this abusive fucking relationship. I'm tired of getting, you know, beat shit on, booed. And then maybe something good happens for a little bit and then get shit on some more. That's, that's, uh, I'm fucking tired of uh, this abusive relationship I have with life. So I just kind of want to fucking check out, you know, I want to just become a recluse, which is difficult because I want to have a social life. I need a social life. I need friends. I need lovers and stuff like this. I need a social life. I need people. I'm a people creature and I, and I want to have fun and I have most fun when I get to share fun experiences with other people, um, who I like to be around and who like to be around me, you know, but that shit just, it seems to be hard to fucking come by. And, uh, but I, I want it, but at the same time, I also want to become a complete recluse. I want to move to somewhere like, I don't know, Detroit and buy a big, scary Victorian house. I want to say mansion, but I don't want this place to be too big. I don't want it to be like mansion huge, but I don't want it to be like your regular kind of bigger house. I want it to be like a big fucking house, but not a mansion. And I want it to be Victorian, like legit built back in the day, Victorian, probably haunted. There's probably bones, human bones buried in the, in the property somewhere and probably in the dirt of the wine cellar because my 
my Victorian, my, my spooky Victorian mansion, not mansion, has a uh, dirt floor wine cellar. And um, I want it to be real and spooky. And it's located like up on a hill. And like the kids in the neighborhood try to avoid it. You know, it's kind of like the spooky house in the sand lot. There's all this fucking story. And then I, um, my hair is going to be long by this point. I'm, I'm just growing my hair out because fuck it. I'm going to just grow my hair out. Um, and well, that's outside of the fantasy. I'm just going to grow my hair out because I was thinking about cutting it, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to grow my hair out long again. It's been a while. I just want to have long hair because fuck it. <laughs> I'm at this point now where I'm, I'm getting real peak. Fuck it. Uh, because I've been a real in a real peak shitty attitude today and, and kind of lately, especially being, having been sick, uh, fuck it. You know, I'm really refining my fuck it toward everything. So I'm growing my hair out in real life, but back to this, this fantasy. Um, so I'm going to live in this big spooky Victorian, not mansion, up on a hill in Detroit and the kids in the play uh, kids in the neighborhood will avoid it. I'm going to be more or less a recluse. I'm not going to be a shut in. I mean, I'll still go out. Like I'll still go enjoy like a tea and like a gelato and maybe go see some like, like grunge shows at a fucking, you know, like a dive bar or something like I'll still go to the seedy things I like to go to. Um, and who knows, I might even associate with people. I got to find a drug dealer. Duh, of course. So I've got to associate with somebody, but for intents and purposes, maybe the reputation will be, I'm a recluse. Um, and you know, I'll play into that, you know, Sure. I will be fully aware of the myths that the kids come up about, come up for, uh, come up with about me in that spooky Victorian knot mansion on a hill in Detroit. And I'm, I'm going to have long hair and I'm going to wear, cause it's colder up in Michigan. Um, I can wear like long coats, you know, I can play into like the Victorian kind of a thing. Now I'm not going to go like uh, vampire cosplay at a Renaissance fair Victorian, but I'm definitely going to go for like a certain, uh, a whisper, a, a, a certain vibe, a certain aesthetic of like vampire rock kind of, kind of a look like I'm not going to go as far as like wearing fishnets and like fishnet shirts and like leather pants, but I, I will wear like black long, heavy coat uh, with the collar up and I'm already pale. So, you know, that's not going to change. Certainly not in Detroit. Um, and in my rooms, it's, I, I, I'm not, it, where my money, I'm going to have a lot of money. Okay. That's part of the fantasy is I have a lot of money, but no one knows where it came from, nor where it comes from because I, by the time I have this big, spooky Victorian not mansion on a hill in Detroit, um, 
I will have a substantial amount of money that I will have either earned or inherited in some way. Not only that, but I will also have a steady stream of incoming money. More incoming than is outgoing. Not to say that I'm going to like hoard it all to a gross point. Um, I will certainly give as much as I can to causes that try to fight for class equality because that's who I am. However, um, I'm not going to have a day job, a day job, mind you. I will have a job. See, the money that's coming in and everything is um, because I'm a writer and a musician, all right? I write my own, I write books and short stories and poems and even some children's books under a under the pseudonym Malsufius Malafento. <laughs> Malsufius Malafento will be my my pseudonym for my kids' books. And they're gonna be fucking weird like like Edward Gorey is going to look like Dr. Seuss compared to me. Um, You know, I will be heavily influenced by that old book that was one of my favorites as a kid. Um, I will be heavily influenced by uh, The Stinky Cheese Man and other fairly stupid tales, by that, and LSD. That's kind of the inspiration. That's kind of the angle I'm taking uh, for my my children's books. I'll do the illustrations too. They'll be very sketchy. You know, I, I, I'll use ink, just black ink, real sketchy, disturbed. Um, you know, bats. You know, cobwebs in in empty eye holes, kind of a thing. So there's going to be that. I've got my writer money. You know, I've established a name. It's just that I keep a pretty low profile in my personal life, sort of like J.D. Salinger, but not as much of an asshole because I've got a sense of humor and I want some level of fame. You know, I want to be recognized and whenever I want to be recognized, Um, but I don't want to use it for like ego inflating purposes. I will like, I would use it. Like I've got this knowledge of my certain peculiar, um, quote unquote reclusive, but not like totally hidden, not like totally recluded, uh, reputation as a uh, mysterious writer and also a mysterious musician, because I will have in various spaces in my not in my, my spooky Victorian not mansion on a hill in Detroit, I'm going to have lots of different instruments and sound devices and recording and editing devices, sound modulating devices. Uh, and I will record my own music. I'll, I'll do all the parts. I'll do all the shit myself. Because, see, when I was a kid, what I wanted to be was a mad scientist. I loved in the cartoons when there was this like crazy old dude with crazy big hair like mine. If you're watching, you can see this. If you're listening, you're missing out on this. But I I can do the mad scientist hair very well. 
And I can do the mad scientist look very well too, especially since I'm still recovering from being ill with a fever for a week. I'm looking particularly gaunt. You know, the shadows around my eyes are particularly shady and my cheeks are particularly defined right now. And I'm very pale. Um, yeah, well, anyway, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a mad scientist and I loved it in cartoons when the dude was like wearing the lab coat and he had the crazy hair and maybe some like big crazy goggles on and gloves. And he's pouring these two chemicals together in like some beakers and a test tube and the shit explodes. I wanted to do that for a living. Well, I still wanted, I, I still have that gestalt. I still have the spirit of a mad scientist, and I still um, like to experiment. I want to learn things firsthand, firsthand experience, and experiment and see what happens. And I, w I still want to take that approach, but with sound, with music. And, um, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that after this quick break, because I'm thirsty again. Be right back. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. Here's how it goes. Time, there's this going on. I'll even do 
soundtracks for my kids' stories. Yeah, I'll do the music. Like, I'll I'll sell the books, but there will also be like, you know, with the book, you can get like the code for an upload of the music and you listen to the music while reading the different stories. That's something I've wanted to do for quite a while. I want to, yeah, like create this experience, like this whole experience because reading it's, it's such a personal affair, you know, there's something about reading where you're, you're seeing it in your head and it's different than, you know, like an audio book. And I'm not talking about audio doing audio books. There's something about reading words with your own two eyes and seeing the images in your head. The movie is inside you. You can't get much more intimate than that. It's in your own fucking mind. So have that experience. Also, there will be like the illustrations for like, uh, you know, to help guide your imagination and also the music, just have some like instrumental music to go along with each story. Um, and I feel like that would create a whole mood. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that like a thing in like drag culture? It's a whole mood. Yeah, I want to create a whole mood for these disturbed children's stories. Um, Because I want to see, I want to see a generation of kids as fucked up as me. (laughs) I mean, kids are creepy. They're so fucking creepy anyway. Kids are weird creepy because they don't really censor their imaginations. And the world is kind of fucking creepy. If you really look at shit, you know, we try to ignore it in our puritanically um, stilted culture in the United States. But the world life is creepy, man, and beautiful also. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's not creepy, but it's also really fucking creepy. And uh, and and kids they get into that shit. They're like fucking talking to ghosts and shit like that. You know, like the cats and the dogs, they'll be staring at something and the parents will be looking like, what are you looking at? And they're like giggling at someone or pointing and crying at something like, I don't know. They see something. It's not just in their heads. Like they're seeing some shit that you can't see. Cause you put up uh, the blinders as an adult, you know, and you've got other, shit on your mind, like your mortgage and things like that. Anyway. Um, yeah. So going back to this fantasy. So yeah, I will, I'll be a mysterious writer slash musician on it, living in a spooky Victorian, not mansion on a hill in Detroit. And, um, and maybe then, maybe then I will have successfully divorced myself from an abusive relationship with life. Is there like a different life I can, you know, talk to? Is there like a, is there a tender for other types of lives one, one can pursue? 
Because if so, um, I might take a look at that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, going back to the tender thing, that's that's been a weird fucking experience. Um, some stuff has come out of it. Not nothing. Nothing much. Um, I am out some money on a ticket uh, that someone kind of flaked on, but uh, it's non-refundable. Uh, that kind of fucking sucks. So uh, if you want to go see a fucking awesome band with me at the end of the month, uh, hit me up, like send me an email at that thing with James at gmail.com or like hit me up on like direct message or something on Instagram or whatever. My handle is at James J Asher. Uh, well, anyway, um, as far as like just perusing through these different profiles on the app, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like a game. It's just a video game. Read what people wrote. Mine, I thought was pretty clever. I wrote, um, you know, you can write whatever you want for your little bio, your little profile. I just wrote totally not a serial killer dot, dot, dot shushing emoji, winky face emoji totally not a serial killer. And there's a picture of me with like a knife and I'm like smiling like a madman. Cause <laughs> that was a picture I took for one of these podcast episodes. Um, I used that. I thought that was pretty fucking funny and a few other people have thought it was funny. So that that's cool. Um, but nothing much has really come of it other than I've learned that there are quite a few people who have very interesting definitions of their personality. Apparently having a dog is a personality trait like dog mom is a personality trait. What's another personality trait? Oh, um, knowing quotes from mediocre shows like parks and recreation or, or like the office. Apparently that's a, um, a personality trait knowing quotes from mediocre comedies. Um, but yeah, one of the big ones is dog, 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 dog. I've got a dog. I mean, yeah, that's cool. You've got a dog. I don't know if you can see it on the camera viewers, but over my left shoulder there, if you can see it, there's a little picture of my parents' dog, Taz. He's a cute little poodle. Um, that picture is a few years old. Taz does not look like that anymore. His back's all hunched and his eyes are like white marbles covered with cataracts and uh, he's deaf, blind. His, his sniffer don't work too good no more. Uh, poor guy's just, uh, he's... <laughs> falling apart is an old man. Um, and I love animals. I love pets, you know, dogs and cats and any kind of uh, animals are great and sweet and innocent and pure. And I love them. However, I, I, I find it difficult to see how having a dog is a personality trait. Not to diminish the uh, responsibility that it takes. It's like having a kid. You know, you got to take care of this fucking creature. You got to feed it, take it to the doctor, take it walking, take it outside to poop. Um, that's what you have to do with babies, right? Put it on a leash, take it out for a poop. You better take a bag with you. Um, but yeah, apparently dog having a dog is a big personality trait and i'm sure people eat that shit 
up. <laughs> you know, someone else is like, oh my God, I know every line from Parks and Rec. And guess what? I too have a dog. Let's go to uh, let's go to this new gastro pub and brewery and try some new micro brew. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> the music is too loud in here, and I don't like it. Do you guys have Maroon Five? I want to hear Maroon Five. Oh, Susie wants to hear One Direction. Do you guys have One Direction and a micro brew and a gastro dish? at a very expensive uh, rate per plate. So that's, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's what's going on. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> um, let's see, I had to sign another NDA. I can't talk to you about that either. That's just like the second NDA I've had to sign in like two weeks. Um, and I think that's all I can say about it. I don't even know. Am I allowed to say I signed a, yeah, sure, sure. Because no one knows I might've signed more non-disclosure agreements. No one fucking knows who I signed shit. I might've made my own NDA and signed it and no one would be able to know. All I could say is I signed an NDA. I'm just going to start doing that. If I'm feeling bored, if I want to feel interesting, if I want to have something interesting to talk about when I have nothing going on in my life, which at this point, I'm kind of begging for it. Jesus, give me a fucking nothing week. Give me just some peace and quiet and stillness. No drama. Fucking drama. Stay away. Quit seeking me out. Like, dude, I've got a friend who's trying to, they're like, they tried to kill themselves and I'm afraid they're on the verge of killing themselves again, just because they're having like a really, really extremely difficult, like physical and mental health problem. Um, and I feel like a lot of that stuff would be a non-issue if universal healthcare were a thing in the United States already in America. Um, this person is at the end of their fucking rope and I've seen some like desperate people and I've seen some breakdowns. Oh, I've seen some breakdowns and I've had some breakdowns, but my friend has been having, I'd say one of the top three uh, most intense breakdowns ever. And this was, this was when I was still sick and dude, it was so fucking difficult and I have nothing but um, empathy for my friend and pure rage at the fact that um, the reason any of this is a problem, the reason they're at the end of their rope is because of greedy fuckheads who make the rules and write the narrative. Well, so yeah, I just, I could really use a break and someone cool to go see a really, really, really fucking good band with me at the end of the month. Um, so in lighter news, my chest hair is growing back because I had to shave my chest hair for the tattoo that Ned did in the last episode on my chest. Um, it's a symbol that I made and I'm not going to tell you what it's about 
because I forgot what it's about, but the symbol has meaning. And that's part of the purpose behind it because it's a sigil. And this is part of chaos magic. It's my own little take on it. Uh, I made a sigil and the idea of a sigil is it works when you don't know what the fuck it is, you know, because if you know what it's supposed to mean, then your brain will automatically find a way to find a negative because generally you have some positive intent behind the creation of a sigil. But if you know what that intent is, you just can't help but think of ways it won't come true won't come to pass. So the idea is to forget what the sigil means. So then you don't even know, but you've already charged it with the intent and everything. Um, and you've already like shot it off. Like mine was like, uh, with pain of getting like a tattoo. Um, that was like the, you know, I shot the load of the intent into the ether and, uh, and now I don't even remember what the sign is for. And that way, there's no way I can thwart it, you know, create a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure. Um, but I, I shaved off the hair and my chest hair is starting to grow back. <clears throat> and this was the first time I've ever shaved my chest hair. And, um, it was an experience. I did get some razor burn on my chest and I shaved around my nipples too. And let me tell you the, the hairs growing directly around my areola, they are different in, in texture and form than the rest of the hairs that are growing back elsewhere on my chest area. It's really weird because the hairs just around the areola, they're like, thicker and darker and more sturdy. They're more like boar hair bristles where the rest of it is just like kind of softer, thinner, lighter hair. Um, the ones around the nipple, they're a lot more sturdy and they're, they're growing at a faster rate. So I've got like extra long nipple hair now. Um, and I'm just trying to, uh, I've got this theory like why is that hair more sturdy around the areola and the only reason i can think is because that's more sensitive skin than on the rest of my chest the nipples and the areola are sensitive skin and so around that is some protective hairs that grow to protect that sensitive skin uh more sturdy hair to protect that skin so so, so suck my toe. <clears throat> I think I'm done for now. Uh, if again, you can find me, you can, uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at James J Asher. Uh, you can email me if you want me to like, if you have a story you want to share, maybe you want me to cover on the show. If you are in need of advice you would like me to address on the show, I will keep you anonymous. You know, it, it's all on the up and up. You know, I'm not going to put your shit on blast, um, but I will do the best I can uh, to anonymously um, try to help somehow. Um, you can email me at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. If you want to help uh, support the show or help me recoup the funds for this extra ticket that I've got 
<laughs> Fuck. Or um, or if you want to help me fulfill my my fantasy of becoming a not so reclusive yet um, eccentric famous writer slash musician living in a spooky Victorian not mansion on a hill in Detroit. If you want to help me fulfill that fantasy and keep this show going, you please donate at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Your donations are greatly appreciated. And maybe one of these days I'll get around to something for like, you know, extra, I don't know, goodies or content that you can't get unless you donate for the, for those of you. Uh, and, and for those of you who are donating, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I love you. Um, I, I, I greatly appreciate it. So thank you. Um, and what else? I have a website, jamesjasher.com. You can check that out. I've got a blog there. And if, uh, if you're like listening to this on iTunes, please uh, rate and review my show because it helps other people find the show. If you're watching this on YouTube and if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to my channel. Um, like the videos you like, write a comment. And for all of you, share the show with your friends. The more the merrier. Spread the love like, like butter on a warm, toasted English muffin. Thomas's, cut in half, longwise. Mm. I love you. I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. <laughs>